Hey everybody, John Fed here, Church Without Walls International, House Church Network, C-W-O-W-I at AOL.com is my email, C-W-O-W-I at AOL.com. If you want uh, the PDF of my journey from the auditorium to house church to relationship-based faith, email me there for the book Return of the First Church. It's a PDF version. And I want to say this to those of you who a week ago in part one responded, the first 100 or so, I believe I sent the wrong PDF to you. If your PDF that you received from me does not have diagrams in it, and it's just text only, then please, if you'd like, email me again, and I will send you the correct one. I apologize. The first 100 or so people, I think, got the wrong one. And so the one I was supposed to send has uh, full diagrams and everything else explaining that. So if you emailed me and you say, hey, there aren't any diagrams in this PDF, uh, email me again. I'll send you the correct version. So my apologies. But if anybody wants a PDF of Return of the First Church, you're welcome to it. Just email me, cwowi at aol.com. Our website, cwowi.org, Church Without Walls International, uh, House Church Network. So, again, this is part two of Against a Time to Come, and uh, just really felt strongly led. You know, I don't, do, I, don't, I don't just come up with these things on Wednesdays. I pray about it. I say, Father, what do you want? Or, Lord, what do you want? And boom, you know, it, the revelation comes. And so um, this, is a, this is something that um, makes me think there are things going to be happening in the next months or, or year uh, or so in the body of Christ. Because, uh, anyway... So February 4th of 2001, just to recap, I was in Mississauga, Ontario, about to, to minister during the worship. The, the, my eyes are open and I see the Lord standing up on the, the platform by the worship team. And he said this, see what I see. People running to and fro to this meeting and that, thinking that, uh, looking for the spectacular, thinking that is supernatural. While they miss the supernatural work in their midst, even in their own hearts, for the process of discipleship is supernatural. And I thought that was interesting, running to and fro, looking for the spectacular, thinking that is supernatural. Boy, I'll tell you what, in, in the year 2000 and early 2001, that capped the body of Christ in the West, or chasing the spectacular. And then he said this, at the end, he said some other things, and, and then he said this, he said, as it was in the beginning, so it must be now, I'm moving in relationships. Again, that was February 4th, 2001. So that set me off on a study historically. Uh, I, I was horrified to learn that the whole New Testament was written by apostles doing church in the house, writing to people doing church in the house. So Matthew through Revelation, I had taken out of context for 25 years, tried to squeeze it into the auditorium, and it dawned on me, no wonder that you know, the bookstores, Christian bookstores were filled with how to do churches because they took it out of context. The only context uh, of the whole New Testament was in the home. So by the by October of 2001, uh, from February to October, all these things were on me. And by October, I told Barbara, I said, I don't want to pastor a church again. But, you know, if I did, it would be in our living room the way Paul did it. Uh, November 4th of 2001, I'm up in Edmonton, Alberta. And again, the Lord appears to me. Uh, during the worship service, and he came walking over to me, and, and the first thing he said was interesting. He said, I love these kinds of people. The church that I was ministering in that Sunday night uh, was kind of in the red light district, uh, so to speak, of Edmonton. People who had been on the streets, addicts, uh, had come to the Lord, you know, and everything, and they're just broken but transparent and just say, here's my life, Jesus, you fixed it. And he comes walking over to me, and he says, I love these kinds of people. 
And then he, he stepped closer, and as I shared, the pastor next to me fell flat on his face. The Lord had the power turned up. My strength left me. I fell on my knees, which I normally do anyway when I see him. Uh, three Bible school students that we had with us later said, did you see the Lord? He walked right past us. He was here tonight. Um, but as I knelt before him, he said, you've learned much from the people I brought across your path and the word you've studied these last few months. He said, you've been doing the work of an apostle, but now I'm laying hands on you as an apostle for this task. I want you to start a house church and a house church network, and I want you to structure, structure it in such a way to facilitate the development of house churches around the world. When I asked why he wanted me to do it, he said this. He said, it's against a time to come. Be a resource for them, for it's against a time to come. And that was, uh, again, November 4th of 01, and then in January of 02 is when we started in our home, in our living room. And now, you know, over 20 years later, here we are with uh, affiliated house churches around the world in over 50 nations or something, and, you know, thousands of, of house churches. Um, and my point is, to, <laughs> it's not about me. It's I, New Testament leadership empowers others, and that's what it's all about. So I want to take apart what the Lord said so that you can understand you know, where I'm coming from and where Church Without Walls International is as far as a, a fellowship of like-minded believers, not a denomination, not anything. But but there are some things that are unique that we do to Scripture. But first, to take that apart. Um, first, he said, it's against, he, he's, first he said, facilitate, structured in such a way to faci facilitate the development of house churches around the world. I looked up the word facilitate. It means to make an action or a process easier. Or easy or easier. To facilitate means make a process easier or easy. And so when he said facilitate the development of house churches around the world, that means it's got to be kept simple. It means we're on the same spiritual page. There's, there's, there's certainly the character issues for leaders. Uh, the three that are brought up that Paul says of Timothy of leaders, they have to be stable in character, stable in faith, and stable in their lives. Um, those are the three characteristics for 1 Timothy 3 and in Titus, where Paul's talking about leadership and he's talking about people who are stable in character, in Christian character, stable in their faith and stable in their, in their lives, in their family life and everything. So <clears throat> we look for people like that and then they want to, they want to meet in the homes. Uh, second thing is the, the word development. It means the act of developing. I, I looked it up for you this morning. The state of being developed, a significant event. Developing a significant, an event, occurrence, or change. It says uh, the action of applying new technology or techniques to provide new goods or services. So he said structured in such a way to facilitate, that is to make easy, the development of house churches. That is is the processes, the, the ways to go about starting a house church around the world. So when he said it's against a time to come, he was talking global at that time. So um, it leads me to believe that there are global events that are going to happen in the future. I mean, we're 20 years down the road. And he said, so it's like, what does he mean to say it's against a time to come? Against a time to come means whatever he's called me to do. And I speak only through the grace given to me. And believe me, we're just a tiny sliver in the whole body of Christ. You know, I mean, <laughs> we're just a tiniest sliver, but, but I speak through the grace given to me. Um, that he said it's against a time to come. That means it's a resource. It is like a storehouse. 
Um, you may have a pantry full of food. You may have a freezer full of food. You may have all sorts of tools in your, in your workshop or in your toolbox. Those are treasures. Those are storehouses against a time to come, whether it be food, resources. You know, from the pandemic, you, you may have rolls and rolls of toilet paper and paper towels and things like that saved up. It's against a time to come. It's a resource. So when he tells me to do house church and structure it in such a way to facilitate the development of house churches around the world, it's against a time to come. He's saying that this is like a pantry. This is like a storehouse of what we're doing because there will come a time when house churches will be needed. House churches will be a, a resource to be drawn, drawn upon uh, uh, to give life uh, at a particular time to come. Now, what does he mean a time to come? Um, historically, the church has grown during times of economic difficulty and persecution. And if you, you've read Return of the First Church uh, and, and any other of, of the teachings that I've done, uh, you'll find that, that the people in the first century met in homes, not because of persecution, but because the synagogue system they were raised in that began around 160 BC or 200 BC in that time frame, 150 BC, the synagogue system of meeting in homes and, and teaching the Torah uh, with 10 families gathered together on the, on the Sabbath, that synagogue system had been in place uh, by the time Pentecost happened. So they just stayed uh, with, with what the Jewish culture had been doing for the you know, the previous almost 100 years, uh, 150 years. And so um, so they just stayed with that. And as the church developed, it, it just grew from there. But I will say this, house house church is, is pretty much persecution proof uh, in that you can meet in homes and, and as they do in China and elsewhere where it's difficult to be a Christian, you can meet in alleyways and courtyards and, and backyards and, and different things of that nature. But um, But the point is that that whatever we're doing, whatever we're called to do uh, to facilitate the development of house churches around the world, that's what I live and breathe for. The teaching is part of it and then and then house churches. And so we're coming upon a time, the time, you know, we've been doing this the last 20 years. He said, it's against a time to come. And you have to remember the church that Jesus is coming for. You know what he said in Matthew 25. He said, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was naked. I was sick. I was in prison. You fed me. You clothed me. You watered me. You took me in. You visited me. That's the, the very where people live church that Jesus is coming for. He's not coming for a body who says, oh, I'm going to give to a program and I'm going to let somebody else do the bus ministry. Or I'm going to do somebody, let somebody else run the, or, or do the, the outreach or something like that. No, Jesus is talking about a personal faith, which is uh, very behind the scenes, below the, the radar, very much where people live, feeding, clothing, food, hospitality, uh, visiting people. That's the, that's the elements of the body of Christ. And it's, and it's expressed as they did in the early church um, through meeting in homes and the relationships which develop in that. And let me say this too, that what we do that's maybe a little bit different is one of the things that the Lord instructed me, and because I'm not sharing everything that he, he shared, obviously, during that time to give me instructions in this. But one of the things I hadn't learned historically is how did they move from 120 people on Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire in under 300 years? And the way they did it was they rotated homes as they had done under the synagogue system. They rotated who led as they did during the synagogue system. We see this, uh, one evidence of this is Luke chapter 4, verses 18, 19, 16, 18, 19, etc., where Jesus is in Nazareth uh, visiting synagogue, the gathering, and they give him the book of Isaiah. In other words, he, he's there, so here, Jesus, take your turn. It wasn't one set person each week doing the doing the teaching the word or something like that. New Testament reality is that Christ is in us, and so we can each share. So what we advocate is rotating homes 
and rotating who leads. Men, women, children, doesn't matter. You know, but somebody will be there to help facilitate, help help host the meeting. But the host doesn't always have to share, but they can. It's not sermon oriented. It is what Paul said in First Corinthians fourteen twenty six. Maybe a psalm, which includes worship and prayer. Maybe it's the gifts of the Spirit, tongues, interpretation, etc. And you'll just lay hands on each other and pray. Maybe someone has a revelation or a or a teaching that the Lord has shown them. The point is somebody different hosts, somebody different leads, you rotate around. And when you outgrow a host because outgrow a house, because everyone has been used to hosting and rotating, everyone's used to it. So you just naturally multiply out when you outgrow a house and you start developing from that and they rotate among themselves and you stay related. Maybe once a month, once every couple months, you get together, have a big, big to do where you all get together and, and do something and stay related. That's what they did historically, rotating homes, rotating who leads. And so, and so that's how it grew. And uh, so that's how the Lord's led us. But my point is this, it's against a time to come. So maybe there are things resonating in your heart. And I'm sorry, I'm going a little bit long on this. Maybe things are resonating in your heart saying, yeah, I want the genuine. I want the real. You know, early on in the first couple of years when we started, there were people who were burned by the auditorium church. They were hurt and they were like, I'm, I'm doing house church instead. And they were moving out of hurt. But today, and, and after those first couple of years, what we see are people who are just hungry for more of the Lord. They're hungry for a worship that lingers in his presence and allows him to move instead of cutting it off and saying, okay, time for the tithes and offerings. Uh, they're, they're hungry for the genuine relationships that they know that if times get tough, they can go to and say, hey, I need help with some food, or hey, I need help with a utility bill, or something of that nature. Uh, this is it's serious stuff. And, and the times are coming when both we're going to see economic difficulty and persecution. And, and, and folks, you're not going to be able to run to your auditorium church to help you with the mortgage uh, or these bills. It's going to be your friends who's, who's going to take out of their pantry for give you some food or give you a ride to the doctors or whatever the case is. And that doesn't put them down. Praise God, I, I was 25 years in the auditorium. I'm just saying by the structure of the thing, they're geared towards towards paying for the building, not helping the members who are actually the body of Christ. And so anyway, um, visit our website, cwowi.org. And again, if you want my journey, my story of the of journey from house, from auditorium to house church, uh, email me for return of the first church PDF, the one with the diagrams, cwowi at aol.com. All right. God bless. Sorry I went a little long on this, a little over 14 minutes, but this is, I was just prompted again to share this about what, what is happening and what's coming. Folks, they're just in, in parts of, especially in the U.S., October through December, January. Well, anyway, there's a lot more happening, but, um, but there's a reason that the Lord's prompting me, the Father is prompting me to talk about these things. And that's, that's, like I said, I'm a tiny sliver. I know, trust me, I've seen the Lord. I know he's God. I'm not. But hear the earnestness of my heart that, that it's time for the body of Christ to stop playing games and start, stop being mad at each other and breaking off fellowship and stuff like that and to start focusing on who we have in common. Lay aside your differences. Nobody cares what shape the earth is. Nobody cares uh, about uh, conspiracy theories. What we do care about is what is Jesus doing right now in my heart, in my life today, and how I can be more like him. All right, God bless you.